when there were like 50 people on the internet, you could have a lot more fun. But that's okay. I could have, you know, I had fun in college, too. Well, that's because you're a librarian at heart. Well, no, but also, like, you have fun in college. There's a couple thousand people there. It was a wonderful time. Exactly. Again, we're sounding old. No, no, but there's like a little box around you. You're safe. Yeah. You're just like, you're you're a puppy. Yeah. So, Rich, you just got back from Lebanon. I did. What did you see? What was it like? Lebanon is a complicated place. Mm. The region's kind of tense. The economy's in a difficult place. There's a heat wave, so everybody's kind of sticky. What's the weather like in Lebanon? The weather is often beautiful. I mean, you're right on the Mediterranean. So this has been it's an, a nice sea. It's a perfect sea, um, but the, the air quality in Lebanon is not great. They use generators for a lot of their, their electricity. Oh, really? Yeah. No grid, no good infrastructure. There's a grid, but it's rationed, so it yeah. goes off, and then you pay the guy in the neighborhood to give you fuel. Oh, so you'd prefer to like have a little more electricity. Yeah, and it, I think the environment would prefer it, too. What's the internet like? The internet is okay. It's been, I feel like, you know, for years it was promised to be like, you know, we're going to put the fiber lines in and out Lebanon yeah. is going to become a, a We're going to be the startup hub. incubator. Yeah, and there is, there is a lot of that sentiment and motivation, but they were really slow on it. Well, I mean, we have a very, an engineering team in Lebanon that is at parity with a good Western team. Like there's... Yeah, they're there's a great group. There's definitely, like the skill is there. I just read an article in the Times this morning which was fascinating. I and mean, this isn't Lebanon, but it's definitely the region. And it's especially Africa, which is that people are out protesting and they have some pretty strong opinions. And you know what they do? They shut the internet off. Sure. And this is, I think, it's the opposite of the story that we tell about the internet and the company that we've got here. Like we tell a story as Postlight that the internet is always there, always on and always good. Like that the infrastructure is kind of going to be really solid, really reliable, and we're going to build on top of it. And even if it's like slow and you're in a district, you know, we, we build services that get used by people in India and they turn the internet on and off when there are protest movements in India. It's apparently the number one country at turning the internet off. India? Yeah. Is that and true? It, mm-hmm. And Turkey, remember during the protest, Turkey was yeah, blocking yeah, yeah. stuff and, you know, people were spraying. Well, they'd first they'd be selective, right? Like, we're going to block YouTube. Yeah. No more YouTube. And then you've got, on the other side, you've got the more sophisticated things like the firewall in China. Yes. And I think about this a lot, right? Because if you are in this industry, we are in a trillion dollar industry, okay? And, yes. and, it, and it's good and it works and we have social networks and we have all this stuff. And then you go look at China and they have their whole other version of everything that we have. Yes. And it's kind of, you can't build for both. It's starting to fragment. It is starting to fragment. And I think there's something wonderfully empowering and also disempowering (laughs) about it because, you know, it is awesome that a movement can start and, you know, and that usually starts with like, you know, one blog post and then it takes fire. But then you also end up finding out that the like the on-off switch is in the basement, Here's what's <laughs> in tricky. the garage. This is what's tricky. It's been going on for years, right? But literally, it's almost a joke when you say the global internet. 
Is that true? You talk about like the information superhighway. Yeah, the global yeah. Like we've been taking for granted that when I say internet, I mean this global always on thing that we're all kind of in agreement collectively as a species. Yes. That we should be building towards. And a lot of our decisions as a product company, a lot of everybody in tech's decisions just are around the idea that like everybody wants this thing on all the time. It is on all the time. I think what's materialized is sort of the technical equivalent of borders. Like you look at, you know, a map, most maps aren't sort of your topographical. They usually have the lines that have been drawn out and those lines get enforced through immigration and, and passports and all the kinds of things that allow goods and humans to move in and out. Mm -hmm. And I think... I just went to the DMV this morning, right? Like I have to show ID in order to... That's the Department of Motor Vehicles. That's right. And I, I was getting an ID. I needed my I needed updated ID. My ID has expired, and I'm like I had to go show all this paperwork, and of I course. couldn't get a real ID because I only had my social security card and not my birth certificate. Yep. Yep. So like that's fine. I'll get my I'll get my regular yeah. ID and then go back later, right? But it's the same. Like, is that going to be the future for people? Where like I want to get my internet access. I think that we're moving away from sort of the borderless scenario. I think that's real. I think for a lot of countries, there is censorship, there is blockage, because frankly, the, the powers uh, in place are under threat as a result. And, and well, so they you see a lot of like young people in the street getting really angry. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we, I can't have a conversation with that. For a long time, governments were caught flat footed. Right. For many years, it was like, whoa, 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 what is this? I mean, a handful of dudes who didn't tuck their shirts in in San Francisco put out a tool that let you tweet. And the next thing you know, entire, you know, town city squares were filled with people mobilizing because the organizing tools... Yeah. It really was less about sort of the communication because communication tools have been out there. I think it's very hard for the West too because we tend to, when we see that, we see a kind of excitement and rebellious energy. Like I think in, in our heads, we're like, oh, Tahrir Square, that's like Woodstock. Yeah. And then you don't really... It's very complicated. The tanks never rolled in at Woodstock. Very dangerous. Right? Like, Absolutely. And, and what you realize is as those movements take hold, they don't have a next chapter. They don't have sort of like, okay... We're done with the first part of the playbook. Now for the like actual change part of the playbook. There's it's not in there. And no, it's really just, nasty. They're angry. They're angry. And it's not like there's this democratic apparatus that they can suddenly engage with yes. and it'll work. Like you saw that yes. Egypt was the was the case here, man. Because it was like, you know, they, who was the guy they got rid of? Uh, there was Mubarak. Mubarak, initially. right? So he's yes. like in the hospital and like, you yeah. know. And, it, and, and then they got rid of the guy who replaced him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if you're, <laughs> as a, and this is me too. Like, as a naive Westerner, I'm like, wow, change is coming. Yeah. Wow, the yeah. internet really did something here. Yeah. And then like four months later, you're like, uh oh. Yeah. Turkey the same, right? Yeah. And the story is different than the one that we told ourselves for like 20 years. Because I, I think for 20 years, I, here's, I think, when it tipped. I think, to me, it was about publishing for the first 15 oh, the years. Web, the web is, a, you, it's pages. It was pages. Have some pages. Have some pages. Oh, my God. They're so much cheaper than the paper ones. I can yeah. get them anywhere I go. It was pages. And then we're like, whoa, video works. Like, that took years. And then video worked. And <laughs> video then, was kind of fascinating because... I don't know if you remember, but at first all the video services were like, have as much as you want. And then that went global. And they were like, we don't understand what they do in India. Yeah. But we can't continue to host video in India because the amount of bandwidth that everyone's using, they would just sort of leave it on. Like the different way that the different plans lined up. Yeah. We're saying this as if like, okay, government got involved and clamped down. But the truth is humans down to the guy in the basement who has bad ideas 
was actually fermenting really horrible things. And well, so we it got like away a- from us, not just on a macro level, but on a micro level as well. And mm-hmm. so now, and we've talked about this before, the also, idea like, of like... Let's not forget, like, U.S. telecommunications was one giant company that worked in close partnership with the government a lot of time, like, yeah. up until the 80s, right? right. Like, like, the idea that your telecommunications is this completely unconnected to the government thing where everybody can kind of like choose their plan yeah isn't the way the rest of the world works no and frankly it probably won't be the way the u.s works either i mean eventually now right like the nsa went in there and said we're going to help ourselves and then everybody went actually that's not cool yeah longer term it does feel like legislation is moving towards internet borders and systems and regulation Mm -hmm. of behavior i mean we have it now with certain kinds of threats you can't threaten the president you can't distribute certain kinds of like these are things that are grounded in like constitutional law i mean the supreme court precedent has limits on free speech you can't just go and say whatever you want this is where it gets very very tricky from both a technical and cultural point of view which is that we have a tool that allows you to distribute the evil stuff the stuff that just about everybody says is truly bad and there's a maybe there's a technical solution. Maybe I can look, you know have the computer look at images or have somebody monitor every picture. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this is what the giant. What we've done is take that cultural standard and side, sort of push it onto the giant platform companies, and they're willing to take it on because they can set up fifty thousand people in the Philippines to look at pictures, because they're going to make an enormous amount of money. They from, are from the ad transactions that happen with all the other content. Yeah. So yeah. I feel that we're kind of in this liminal space in between. We've talked about this a lot. Like we talk a lot about regulation, but we're talking about this particular issue and then the way it plays out globally, we're in this space where like we've let the platform companies deal with it because the government doesn't know what to do. I don't think the platform companies know what to do for Nobody a while. Does. Nobody for a does. while. And then they're like, okay, we got to get ahead of this. The fundamental decision that we're going to make as like a species with the internet is where do we block things? And everybody's making that decision sooner or later. There is no perfect freedom. Even when you go, and then you go decentralized with your dark web and so on, and then law enforcement gets involved. It almost makes it easier for them. Yeah. So here we are in this world where evil things get said and done, or things that powerful people don't like get said and done. You institute blocks and firewalls and stuff like that. What's that going to look like, man? Because you're you are way more of a world traveler than I am, and you have more experience like in this like. What does that look like for people like me who came along and were like, I like publishing ideas on the internet? Look, I think there are, there are restrictions with good intentions and restrictions with bad intentions. Mm-hmm. I think restrictions with bad intentions are, for example, societies like some of the countries in the Middle East, Russia, and others where they well, pretty much know, systemically stifle if communication you and power, speech. If you say this person should has been president for 42 years, I don't think they should be president anymore. Yeah. They're like, hey... Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than like, we're not going to give you the license to do the protest in the square. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to give you uh, the ability well, we to... get silly too. Like there are, there are points... I love when America, when we have like big events and they set up like this cage and they call it the free speech zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just come on. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. I think in those cases, I mean, I think they're always going to play. I mean, there is always power is going to, you know, impose itself, mm-hmm. whether it be through a big, powerful water cannon... Or through, you know, limiting uh, communication. You know, when we used to have, um, and this is, now I'm talking 10 years back, right? Mm -hmm. When readability came out, it was this reading tool. It's it's the reading view on your, what's it called? And we used to look at our logs and the HTTP headers had the nation that that was in there. And US was far and away the first. And the second was Kuwait. 
Mm, because they couldn't get it up. They couldn't get web content without putting it through the reader view. They couldn't get the actual I'll article. Bet, I'll bet if we could see the logs for Pocket built into Firefox, I'm sure it's a similar thing. Stuff, right? I'm sure it's a similar thing. And so, and you know, we we debated internally, like you know, this is kind of cool. We should tell everyone. Like, no, we're not going to tell anyone about this because then they'll block us too. Yeah. Uh, so we actually never said a word. Now it's moot. It's the systems down and everything. But yeah, yeah I mean, everybody, people want information. People want to educate themselves. The minute you tell somebody that they can't see something, the desire to see the thing goes up about a billion times. From the time you're four years old until you die, that is pretty much how it's going to work, right? So I think that is always going to be there because that's like saying, well, is power going to impose itself, whether it be through a water cannon or whether whether it be through the internet? Of course it's going to impose itself. I think there was this moment where a fantasy emerged that somehow this technology would break through that. Yeah. And it was a really powerful fantasy that caught a lot of people. Like it, it drove the industry. I think humans understand the power of influence and the power of information that resonates with people. And I don't think you need systems to do it or, a, or your finger on the big switch. I think if you write a good article that can get someone really pissed off about an immigrant mm-hmm. and put the right headline in there, I think you've got a weapon on your hands and you don't have to be anybody. You don't have to be in DC. It used to be that the media was the middleman for getting messages out broadly, right? Yeah. So you'd have to yeah. write a letter to the editor or a PR yeah. firm would have to say, you should interview this academic. He's yes. got some stuff to say. And then now distribution is is available in new ways. It is. And there are, I mean, I feel like I can count the sources I can trust on my hand, on one hand. I, I'm not, you know, without getting, I'm a complicated person in terms of like political position. It's kind of all over the place. But thank God for the New York Times. Mm -hmm. The work that they are trying to do, I mean, who else, how many are doing it? The The Post, maybe? The Washington Post? Yeah, no. I mean, The Guardian. The thing with the Times Times is it just, it's big and it has a lot of multitudes in it. But boy, does it have a mission. There is a sense, a shared sense, same with the Washington Post, that there's such a thing as facts and there's such a thing as like human beings saying things and, and writing that down accurately. Like it's really basic stuff. I think that's it's hugely important. You get I think fired it's hugely if you important. But that's the thing. You get fired if you don't do it right. Look, without that, what do we have on our hands? Sources of power are going to exercise that power across all means, including hu- on the ground at a protest and including through press and including through the internet. And yes, does that mean that they're going to carve out stuff? I mean, I think the Chinese are just sort of like freaked out about the rest of the world. And they're like, well, we could just hit control C, control V and just copy it and make it our own. And then we'll do our own thing. This way we don't have to worry too well, much about it. Look, the, the ultimate argument that people in power tend to make, right, is like, absolutely, absolutely. I get it. You just got to give me a minute. And then yeah. everyone's like, you, you're, you're, you just arrested everybody in my family. I can't give you a minute. And they're like, I know, I know, I know. Change comes slowly. You got to wait. And yeah. that's, this is, yeah. you know, Martin Luther King's great essay, like, why we can't wait. It's yeah. just him going like, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. done. I'm going right. to have my rights. Thank you. Right. Rich, this is the time of the show where, mm-hmm. thank God, we talk to someone who isn't you or me. Thank God. It's such, it's very important. It's very important. It is, uh, it God, is. Just, it's just, you know, I, blah, 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 I, blah, blah, we have blah. a lot of listeners though, which means people like us in their ears. Well, I think they just accept it's us and they probably fast forward quite a bit. That's fine. Or yeah. play the 1.5x yeah. speed. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, how many times? I've probably made, I, there are probably like four points I've made about 250 times. Anyway, it's not about us. <laughs> it's about the people who work here at Postlight with yes. us. So we have with us today, Laurent O'Cannon, who is a senior designer here at Postlight. Laurent, welcome. Thank you. Laurent, can we talk about your portfolio? Sure. It was a very good portfolio. You've been with <laughs> us about, you've been with us about two months, right? Coming on third. Okay. Now, yeah. I, I, I freaked out. I'm gonna I'm you're, I'm gonna let, reveal something here that you haven't heard yet, Laurent. I was like, we can't hire this guy. He's gonna sell perfume or well, sell lotions. It was a, so varied and so interesting and cool that I was like, he's not gonna do this again. This is not about you and me talking, but yes, <laughs> this is like the, we, I remember looking and you're you had like sort of three portfolios in one. One was like, cool, I'm a designer, I can do good design work. Two was, I'm actually pretty serious about product and I can go pretty deep. And then we actually asked you like, well, what other things do you do? And then it was like, you went in. You went in <laughs> yeah. and you're like... I have a clothing line. No, it was like cannabinoids for dogs. It was a lot of yeah. stuff. It was a lot of stuff. And we were like, that's unusual. But here you are. Here I am. Tell us how you got here. I mean, you, we get the occasional I majored in design, but oftentimes design's a journey that people went through to get to where they were. So give us a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I went to school just a few blocks from here at Parsons for communication design, but the intent was actually to get into art direction. And through a series of random freelance gigs, I started getting into UX design and Every gig, I'd say, I'll do art direction the next time. I'll focus on this. <laughs> and then it ended up just becoming my career, and now I love what I do. Do you regret that? I don't. I don't at all. It's actually one of the few decisions in my life, or the few happenstances that I'm very happy about. I would not make a good art director, nor do I want to be an art director anymore. So we've we've kind of firmed up around the term product designer here at Postlight. I guess I'm going to ask every product designer how they define it. So how would you define it? Because there's a lot of flavors of design out in the world. I think product design encompasses digital products, whether it's a website, app, service, that people have to interact with for some type of functional purpose. As a product designer, you are guiding users through that journey, both from an experiential point of view, but also from a visual point of view. Advice to someone that wants to go in this direction, because this is a hot field. I mean, we're, we're, you know, product design is, is, is where it's at. I'd say the first piece of advice is you have to be empathetic. If you don't understand who you're designing for and what the intent is, it's kind of hard to be a good product designer or a UX designer, I think. Hmm. So I think that's that's a very important aspect before getting into this type of role. You have to have a basic understanding of your fellow human being and what oh, might motivate sure. them. Yeah, it's kind of psychological. So, Laurent, you've got very good personal style. just want to say that well, outright. You. you guys mm. are in the studio with us, but Laurent is, is consistently <laughs> thought it through. You have a very broad but a pretty specific aesthetic that I think is kind of your own. And, and uh, what are your sources? Where do you go to look? What's your inspiration? What are your things? Just the street. You know, being in New York, I just walk around. I get inspiration from people all around me. Whatever looks good, I, I try and emulate it somewhat, make it my own. In New York, man, what better place to be? Just walk around. <laughs> yeah. It's what, great. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to see examples. Yeah. And, and I feel like you can pick another corner of the city and it's, I feel like a tourist and I live here. No, if you too. pick certain parts of the city and just decide to go dig into them, even Queens. Oh, yeah. Even Queens. I, I uh, started reveling this weekend. 
And I made my my way to Ridgewood, which I've never been to. It's cool, right? I mean, I mean it's just, now that I'm reveling, I'm just going all over the city. Uh, oh, Brooklyn. The revel the scooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh he's like, in a rent fair. So that's cool. Oh, no, no, like, no. He's, he's a jester. Okay. Yeah. I'm wait, wait. All what around. is this now? It's like a, it's like an electric scooter. Thing? Yeah. A moped. Moped. Electric moped. Okay. You just hop on. You pay oh. like 50, 50 cents a minute, I think. Or mm-hmm. You just pick them up wherever they're laying around. Yeah. You have an app. Pick them up. You go wherever you want in, in Brooklyn, Queens, and then just drop it off. Drop it off anywhere? You just leave it on the street? Just throw it yeah. in the river. You, you, have to, the... you have to back it up uh, onto the sidewalk, but that's it. Cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I'm very into it. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Just random fun fact. You ready? Yeah. Remember um, a couple weeks ago we had Adrian Jeffries on the show? She mm-hmm. talked about the... so <laughs> She was very entertaining. Completely serendipitous connection. Actually, <laughs> can you explain it? So Adrian's fiance worked with me and my fiance now and my fiance now and Adrian Jeffries have their own podcast called under understood and Adrian's fiance and my fiance own a bar together called getaway bar. What makes getaway different? It's the only bar in New York city that does not serve alcohol. Is it the only one in New York city that does this? That's right. And it calls itself a bar. Well, is it (laughs) flavorful cocktails? That's fine. Uh, yeah, it, they're all very uniquely crafted cocktails. Um, they what, make. Uh, what's the fake beer situation? They don't serve it. Mm. Fake beer is bad. They're, it's they're it's all, hard to get a good one, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all about like a zero percent, and they want to cater to a sober clientele. So Why anything pretend? that resembles alcohol might be triggering. So they don't even want to include it. All right. So where is that bar? It's in Greenpoint on uh, Green Street in Manhattan. Avenue. Avenue. Manhattan Avenue. Okay, good, good, good. Laurent, this was great. Laurent O'Cannon. Thank you for having me. Hey, hey, a man of the world. Uh, it's just, I, it's just <laughs> imagine, I just see a Renaissance man when I think, look at Laurent. All okay, right, Laurent, Laurent thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> so, let, me, let me make this really complicated for a second. What are the true global products, right? Because we build products. We build software. Yeah. And frankly, most of our some of our software runs in India. Some of it runs in Mexico. Some mm-hmm. of it runs like we build things that do run globally. We do build things that focus on specific markets. But for the most part, you know, U.S. English speaking is is our home base. Yeah. And we've, I don't think we've ever shipped anything into China. Like that's really hard. No, we haven't. No, we so haven't. Pause on software for a second. What are the global products? Like Avengers movies are a global product. Massive. Yeah. Utterly massive. Um, Nike. Like shoes, apparel is global. FIFA. FIFA. That's right. Soccer is, is two billion, two to three billion the spectator. Olympics. The Olympics are kind of global. Th- and they actually have like, they all have political negotiation built into them. Oh, yeah. Right? It's so, the like, whole thing. I mean, the Olympics are essentially a political act around sports. Yeah. FIFA too. They're, an out- they're outlets. And so like... What does software do? Because Facebook has trouble in the world. Google has trouble in China. China has its own. And it, China, like, draws the line mm-hmm. and says, don't you get in here. You know, China's a very specific case. Like, yeah. Is it possible, given that, that most software is about information access, mm-hmm. like, to make a really big consumer platform and get it out to the world? I don't think so. I don't think so, because I think it turns out that, like, the big really big megaphones are still the same ones. Yeah, right. I mean, this is the thing. So there's there's homegrown 
And then there is like the very carefully constructed global product, like for entertainment. It's or usually in media. Media uh, in sport, I would consider it a form of media. I think also apparel. I think like Givenchy and, and Hermes and things like that are just yes. absolutely. The Chinese have really embraced mm-hmm. high end brands and status symbols. Toyota is another one. Toyota. There's, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of a con- of a country that doesn't include like one of those little Toyota yeah. minibus pickups. I'll tell you, just to round it out with my visit to Lebanon, just to kind of show you how it's demarcated. So coming out of the airport, there's a massive poster on the side of a building for Huawei. Apple's almost nowhere to be found. There is no Apple store in Lebanon. Is that so true? You have, like, there's no Apple store in Beirut? There's no Apple store in Beirut. Oh, there are a lot of like knockoff. It's like iHappy and it's just the Apple logo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just these fake, because nobody's enforcing trademarks or anything. So you'll see those, but they're, they look like, I mean, it was clearly a coffee shop that got replaced with an Apple store, right. like fake Apple store. Right. The other thing you see a lot of is $4 a month phone that only works with WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. Like you got to understand Lebanon, there is a huge uh, population of people who don't. I see it because you talk to your family and it's all WhatsApp. Oh, it's all WhatsApp. WhatsApp dominates. I mean, but there is also just, there's my family happens to be able to afford a smartphone. There are phones out there. There, It's like a, it's the WhatsApp. It's a 2012 Android phone that just has WhatsApp on it. This fine. It, it's enough to communicate with your family wherever they are. So you'll see these like $4 a month flat fee type of like offers and stuff. So that's yeah, wild. When the Irish used to leave for America, they would hold a funeral because you're never going to see them again. Is that true? Yeah. Back I mean, you're talking 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. That you're makes never going to see them again. That makes like, sense. And now I watch you. You are yeah. on WhatsApp. With your extended Lebanese family on a regular basis. It's bizarre. It's actually bizarre. You're in a conversation with them and there's the time difference. And we have our Lebanese team in the office and like they're very like very present. And it's just wild. Like the immigrant experience is fundamentally different because you actually don't leave the country. Like you're you're first generation. But if you had come across like two weeks ago, you'd be having a lot of the same conversation. Oh, yeah, for sure. And look, Lebanon is a place that actually has tried to mobilize and use protest, and the youth have tried to make changes there. There was a You Stink movement. Do you know about this? Mm-mm. Okay. The garbage collection was corrupt, and it was like private companies doing deals with the government, and for like months, nobody collected the garbage. And when they did collect it, they put it on the beaches. It was really bad. You can't have corruption and then not pick up the garbage. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a baseline. Like, right? No, because people can't roll their eyes. They'll roll their eyes at corruption because it's like, well, that's just the way the world works. Correct. That's where his bread is buttered. But if there's garbage piled up on your beautiful beaches in front of the Mediterranean, then it's like, I want... It all starts to crumble. Why right? am I bribing you? Right. 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 Exactly. So... The youth really essentially started to mobilize and again found a movement through someone put up, they called it You Stink, they branded it well. This is what, what I'm realizing because they all fail. All these movements fail. Yeah. They all fail. Either fail very horribly and violently or they fail, they just fizzle out and everybody's tired because they're tired and there's another thing to watch on well, their Lebanon phones. Lebanon always strikes me as relatively democratically intended until Syria gets involved. Like Iran and Syria, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the geosphere. But here's, I guess, the thing I've kind of taken away from the empowering effects of the internet. The internet allows you to communicate and organize, right? Mm-hmm. So like... I can set up the meeting. 
Yep. It's at 2 p.m. in meeting room X. Absolutely. I can set up the meeting and I, everybody's going to show up. I can send a Google calendar for everyone to come to Tahrir Square. Exactly. Yeah. But now what? And the internet right, 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 really, right. really breaks down. Communicate and organize the tool. We aced it. It is amazing. Like it's happening and it continues to happen, but there is no resolution tool. There is no tool. Interesting. You know where you saw that was Occupy Wall Street. The idea was everybody would get together in Zuccotti Park and then they would create the movement. They would create the movement. But and it was a real movement. But the problem you have is this. There are two ways you can have a leader that can actually be anointed as the voice of a group of people, right? There's one way is through elections, right? Mm-hmm. We voted you in. You're going to make the calls. We're listening to you. Mm-hmm. Talk, right? The other, which is far, far, far more rare, is a inspirational leader that comes out. Far more rare. I mean, what you need out to rise out of uh, a You Stink movement in Lebanon or the Hong Kong protests or uh, Tiananmen Square is a Martin Luther King. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible, though, right? You can't make those. You can't make those. And uh, we've tried different ways of, of using share. Well, in, I mean, this is the whole... Exactly. WhatsApp. The whole point... The whole None point. of them work. <sighs> I, there is no resolution tool. So what happens is they all go, and it's this incredible feeling of... I talked to some of the our team in, in Lebanon about the protests in Lebanon, the Cedar protests, and, mm-hmm. and they're like, it was incredible. People were crying because it was so emotional and intense. And then they did it for days. And then after like day six, they're like, what do we do now? Can I get really meta for a minute? Social networks and platforms like this tend to arise from like Western democracies. We like a good social platform here. Mm-hmm. And we kind of assume, and this, look, this is very reductive because, you know, China's got its own thing going and so on. But like, we kind of assume that the products are built so that the conversation will happen and then the system will step in to take action. So it's like, let's have a big conversation yeah. about our democracy and That's then right. people will vote. Right. Right. That is how we architect our products. Correct. We architect our products as if a decision is going to come. Yeah. Especially at the global scale, we assume it will come from relatively benign systems. That will embrace Mm -hmm. this sort of source of pressure. And what you see is, and this is like, you know, and Twitter, it's easy to blame Twitter now, but my God, it started as a little blogging tool to tell people you were on your way to the party. Now it has state actors that are opposed to our system, yeah, getting involved and trying to sway the way the conversation moves in order to kind of hack that larger outcome. So this is what we're up against if we were thinking globally. I just want to use my phone. I'm, I'm tracking new movies that are coming out. Mm-hmm. I found a really cool tool. I like to plug tools on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You've heard of this tool called Tracked, T-R-A-K-T? No. It's, a, it's a, actually a community-built tool that lets you search for any movie or show and then plug it in. And you can track stuff that you want to see down the road because it's it's getting hard to find things. I just want to use the internet for innocent things, Paul. Me too. The world is fine. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. There is. Excellent recipe tools we'll plug in a future episode. There's just too much stuff. (laughs) There's too much stuff. It used to be that you could like, I think the, the grand idea was RSS. Like, we'll just have a lot of feeds. And that became completely untenable. I think RSS put on a mask and now runs the internet. Yeah, I think that's basically it. <laughs> to me, when I look at a Twitter feed, I just it's see just RSS. RSS. Yeah. That's all I see. It's in JSON and it moves really fast. It's the Facebook feed. I mean, the Facebook feed had to have been inspired by RSS. It's RSS plus a follower thing. That's all. A follower thing and a comment thread on each node. Yeah. Like, fine. 
to close it out, Paul, we do need to go through a deeper dive of WeChat on another podcast. Oh, there's a world it is inside a of a world inside of a world. A phenomena yeah. in and of itself, and it is well, something. I, th- I think also it's like imagine if Facebook was developed in partnership with the United States government. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and sold bowling pins. And sold bowling Yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, you know, if you and, could see Facebook. And was your bank. Close it with what WeChat is. Okay, so WeChat is like a truly vast app. It's like a mega app. It's a, To me, it is a an operating system. Mm-hmm. It is a social operating system where you pay your rent, you buy stuff, you read stuff, all in one place. So the, the, the company that makes it is Tencent. Yep which is sort of like a little bit of Google and a little bit of Facebook and a little bit of Amazon all at once. It does everything. It does messaging. It's sort of like your account of record. It's your bank. It's your bank. WeChat Pay is a big thing. Yeah. You shop. You read. There's an enterprise version. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, essentially what they did was they said, you know, you're in here. You're chatting here. Mm -hmm. Why do you need to go elsewhere to message your landlord and just pay the rent? Right there and then, and call it a day. I mean, I think, and, and it is a, I mean, let's be clear. I mean, it's billions. We're talking billions and billions of dollars. Well, and a billion people. And not just like a billion people occasionally hitting like, like a billion people, yeah, paying Highly their active. rent and, you know, yes. buying socks. That's right. So that's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the, the Chinese government's probably watching you do everything, I guess. Is that true? Well, I mean, but the U.S. government. So, I mean, it's just. Log- I've taken this position before. I'm not that interesting. You want to watch me pay rent? Watch me pay rent. It's just log files, right? So it's what you do with them that matters. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know, man. I you know. I, I want to ca- just wanted to end this on an up note. No, I think what's wild is just here's the up note, which is there's still lots to do. Like there's lots of products to build. It's just that I think that the, you know when you tell the story about global product development. Like it's it's more complicated than I put a thing on the internet and now the world's going to come to my door. Yes, like absolutely. That era is over, and now we have to build for the complicated, really weird world where people misbehave and you can't really the systems can't all be trusted, and you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. And that is different. It's it's not a utopian medium anymore. It's part of the real ass world with things like you know oil and national defense. Oh yeah, and, you know, you're in the middle of it. You know, when we started this company, we built a lot of products. Yes. And you know what's happened over the last four years? What, Paul? We're still building products for the same people, and sometimes we're working on the same products. Well, you know, products keep going. That's a thing. If they're succeeding, you keep making new stuff, new features, new capabilities. You know what I think about a lot is that when you launch a product, everybody has champagne. Mm-hmm. And then when you release a new feature, they give you a little champagne emoji in Slack. I know, I and it, should, apple juice. it shouldn't be that way. Keep drinking champagne. You should keep celebrating those new releases. I agree, I agree. And so, I mean, that's that's just the point we're making yes. for the listener here is in this advertisement that we're doing is that we're in it with you for the long haul. And we often didn't talk about that in the past, but the reality is if you look around our office, you see lots of product teams working for people over the long, long stretch because yes. we're, we're there to help you keep evolving and keep building your revenue driving products. We're a digital product studio based in New York City with clients everywhere. And we design, engineer, build, support amazing platforms and apps. We are your trusted product partner and we'd love to talk to you. Send an email to hello at postlight.com and that goes straight to me and Rich. So um, reach out. Yeah. I'm glad you're back safe from Lebanon. 
I am back safe. Yes, it's nice to be home. All right. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Clearly. Let's get back After to this work. podcast. No, let's get back to work. Let's get back to work.